everybody, and welcome to the Good Anime Palette Podcast. This is episode 11. I am your co-host, Jason, and I am joined, as always, as usual, with Will. What's going on, buddy? Good morning, y'all. Um, as always, as usual, it's raining again. Oh, my God. It, I actually forgot to talk to you about that, even though we, we like, walked through the rain. Yeah, on the way over to the, this their office, it's just been, like, getting heavier and heavier and heavier, and I don't think it's going to get any better. Um, I mean supposedly it's going to be a bit sunnier by like monday or tuesday but there's going to be like like rainy showers throughout the week you see this is what needs to happen night needs to happen i need to be in uh a, a street with a lot of neon signs i need to wear a trench coat with like a you know like a hat and then kind of have like a really raspy voice and go it was just like any other night. Yeah, or or you're just like you know from a building across where that little Shibuya walkway is. You're just watching people just cross with the rain. They're all the same. They're all people. They're all ants. <laughs> the monolith. Okay. Anyway, so right, yeah, rain aside, yeah, things have been good. Uh, I mean, like work has always been busy, but uh, I think uh, as as things start progressing, I'm starting to get a lighter workload, which hopefully means that uh, you know I got more time to catch up on some anime, which I was able to do uh, over the past couple of days, more specifically in the last 24 hours. So uh, we'll be talking about that uh, later on in this episode and possibly for future episodes. So I have to say though, I miss our group watching sessions on discord it's been so hard I'm no, sorry like, I'm, not, I'm not i'm not blaming you i'm not blaming you i'm just saying that like it was a fact that like we couldn't do it and it was just unfortunate that's all yep i mean like work then means that you know group sessions have now fallen victim to terrible schedules um it, it's it yeah literally this has been bad timing right like when i was free you were studying and when you were, when you're free i might work so now it's like it's hard to find times, but you know we were able to watch a couple things last night. So, so we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I am praying that summer twenty twenty one is um as not good as we say it is. So then we have time to clear all my on hold anime. Are we gonna fin- fin- like finally finish Bakuman? Will, why are you why are you telling me this now while we're recording? Are we gonna finally finish Urara? So, Will, what have you been watching or reading? So, God damn it, Will. Recently on Netflix, Netflix has actually been rolling out a couple of new shows, some of which are either just you know, recently licensed and floating on the platform, some of which are Netflix produced or Netflix exclusive. One that I've been watching, but I know quite a lot about, and I'm actually very stoked uh, for this other bit of news that we can talk about later. Um, this show specifically is called Shimatsu no Valkyrie, or in English, Records of Ragnarok. So if you ever liked watching those death battles where it's like, oh, what it would it be like if Goku fought against Naruto or if Luffy from One Piece were to fight against Gon from Hunter x Hunter, who would win? And then you have these people with theory crafting and you know arguing with each other about, oh, you know what? Like, Goku is like Super Saiyan. Like, he, can put, he, he can beat COVID-19, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, 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 no. That, that's, that's actually just you know, sit back and... Enjoy some actual death battles without you guys like shitting on other people because you're a toxic fan base. So, Records of Ragnarok is essentially a manga series that uh, rolled out a an, an anime season. Uh, so I think it's got 12 episodes on Netflix now. Uh, all 12, 12 episodes are on there. Essentially what it is, it's a battle between the gods and the humans. 
with the Valkyrie kind of mediating in, in between, you know, because they were created by the gods, but the main purpose of Valkyries were to serve humans, were to protect the humans. So then they're kind of caught in between this new, this, this, this new meeting between all the gods where every thousand years they decide whether they want to continue the human race or whether they want to destroy the human race. And, you know, there's flashbacks of, you know, all the wars and famine and all the, you know, shady politics that humans have done over the past thousand years. And then the gods decide, you know what? We're going to kill everybody. Fuck it. Reset the earth, salt everything down, and we'll just start afresh. The Valkyries come in and say, hey, no, 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 no. According to this obscure law that you guys created, the humans have a chance to challenge this ruling. And by challenge, it means a 14 on 14 death battle the gods of course scoff and be like oh you guys are dumbasses like you are gonna fucking wipe you out like we're fucking gods what do you think you 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 stand a chance yeah sure okay we stand a chance yeah so then the humans then pitch their best 14 fighters against the the best fighters from from the gods um and you just basically watch you know a god and human slug it out it's in theory, it should be really, really good. And I was able to, you know, catch a couple of um, screenshots from like the the Spanish versions, from the from the the French versions, because you know, you can go onto Google Books, or you can go to like Amazon, and like they have like little previews. The artwork looks sick. Some of the battle scenes are fantastic. Unfortunately, the anime does not encapsulate any of that. It's it's done. For lack of a better word, lack of better words, it's piss poor. Okay, so I also watched Records of Ragnarok, but I didn't finish it. I watched mm, two, three episodes. I watched up to the second fight, which was um, like six episodes, which is basically halfway through. I think I watched like six episodes. And I think there's only three fights. We're not going to yeah. say who fights who, but there are three fights in the first season. Look, if you could read Japanese or Spanish or French or wherever it's localized, and you can get your hands on Shimatsu no Valkyrie, Records of Ragnarok read it and in the fall you english speakers will be able to w- read it as well because viz media announced that they are officially licensing the manga that's that's what i'm most excited about like if you if you really got a bit of a glimpse of what the anime looks like and you somehow enjoyed it or you're left wishing for more if you're not there's going to be an actual good version of this property coming in a couple of months time this so is this is not that. this is not like OG Master Race kind of thing because to be honest, actually the first episode of uh, the anime series I thought was done. Oh, it okay. was it was actually like very well done. It's hyped. It's it's only when you get to like the fighting animation, which like you kind of wonder was there any budget left over or did, or the the people that they was were... there any budget to start with? Yeah. To be fair, this whole Netflix thing. We will leave it as another topic of discussion for a future episode because there's actually a lot to unravel just talking about Netflix and anime. But needless to say that I feel that the premise of Records of Ragnarok is awesome. And if you were to take away the low-budget animation because it is so unfortunate, to be honest, because... If this was, let's say, I think there was like a Reddit comment that I told you about, Will, where it was like, oh, you know, we should grab the Mappa who did God of High School, eliminate God of High School, put all that money into Records of Ragnarok, and then 
just do that. It, it eliminate the storytelling yes. from the anime because I'm sure I've read some of the webtoon. God of High School, you're talking about. Yeah, the yeah. web, the uh, the manhwa, and it's it's decent. I quite like it. But then the way that they try and retell the story, it's it's so rushed and so unstructured that like you're better off just not even caring about the story and just watching the fights. But the animation quality though is really good because it's Mappa. It's Mappa. So. If it's it's Mappa Crunchyroll. So if they could have put that effort and budget and time and energy into Records of Ragnarok, I think it would have been a pretty unbeatable show. It would have, but unfortunately, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, what are you going to do, right? Like, if it, is this 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 property literally came out of nowhere um, from a studio that's let's be frank, it wasn't a very big studio. It was like their first or. The the first major work, so um, the they this, get to be bossed around basically, pretty much. So like, the the studio is Graf I, or I I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Graf or whatever it is. The, this is their first major work they're doing solo. Though I'm sure they're getting some support from like a third party studio or a couple of you know like freelance contributors. Uh, for the most part, they usually just like are attached to other bigger projects. So I think. As a first showing, let's be real. As the first actual major property, it wasn't bad, right? Like if you talk about like other studios, like the like Yasuke had Mappa behind them, but at least like the story for the story for Records of Rider was actually good. The animation uh, was great for. Yasuke, but to, like, to I cannot fair, follow it. Records of Ragnarok, the story is not as it's obvious not, as yeah. you think. Yeah, like you think it's just it's just you know two like two testosterone filled junkie like you know adrenaline like meatheads like punching each other to death. In theory, like, like, like yeah, on paper that's what it sounds like. But actually, reading the manga or watching the anime, you will start to understand like there's a bit more to it. In the end, though, it's still very much like you know action-heavy, shonen's fuck property, and if that's what tickles your fancy, check it out. Or if you actually want to enjoy it at its best, wait till the manga comes out uh, fully translated in English. I do have to say though, the Valkyrie, uh, Brunhilda, Brunhilde. Oh, the voice acting actually is really good. Yeah, Selty. Come on, Selty. The voice acting was really good. Selty from Durarara, Kambaru from Monogatari series. Come on. I, I think generally, like when it comes to like the story, the voice acting, the the non fighting animation, it does encapsulate the manga really well. It's just in the end, the fighting scenes are what, what let it down. I mean, the death battle. If your fight scenes suck, then what are you doing? Exactly right. <laughs> It's like it's, if you're trying to tell it's like, it's like in the same same vein of, of Yasuke. You're trying to retell the story of a historical black samurai, but your story sucks. Then like, what what are you doing? Okay, but what about Wonder Egg Priority? So we finally oh, fuck. we finally finished Wonder Egg Priority. Except the finished is with an asterisk attached to it because as we already know there is a special one hour special that will be coming out actually several days from now on funimation yeah i think by the time this episode comes out the special will have released and we would have likely watched it yeah so let's i'm clearing my schedule for that day by the way so i'm I'm making sure that you know 
the day it comes out, we're sitting down and watching a full damn hour of the hopeful final episode. And great finale, hopefully. Because the finale for the TV series was... Without, without giving away too much... Cliffhanger. Yeah. You, you basically... It, it, it leads it to the point where like you have to wait for the, the special to come out. And here's the thing that really bothers me, which is you know... They know that they're going to do a one-hour special because they announced it, like, I don't know, shortly thereafter. So unless if they hurried up, you know, getting all the paperwork and confirmation, they knew from the get-go. Why couldn't they, at the end, like, just say, like, one-hour special? Like, announce it. Like, a lot of animes at the last episode of season one would say, hey, see you in season two. And then that's the season two announcement. Like, I know you're giving us blue balls, but give us blue balls for a shorter period of time as opposed to like, egging us on from, like... Oh, egging? Yeah. Wow. I could have said edging, but that's, that's a little R-rated there, so let's not, let's oh, not go Jesus. there. Oh, Jesus. This um, is a family-friendly podcast. Is it really? No. I mean, you listened to the last episode. No. Like, the amount of F-bombs I dropped within the first 15 minutes. Okay, so... It was just... It was kind of infuriating, to be honest. And I think the ratings on Mal reflected that because it was doing pretty good ratings and it dropped significantly since the last episode of the TV series. The way that we enjoyed it... Okay, it's, we, we did take like a maybe like a two or three month hiatus from watching Wonder Egg, but jumping back into it, like it was like the excitement never left. Yes, exactly. As soon as you heard the OP... Oh, the feels came back. Yeah. You were so ready to watch these girls do their shit. And then you just know, like, watching an episode of Wonder Egg, that something's going to happen. And when it does... Twist and ooh. turns, man. Yeah. Like, you you know the twist is coming. But when the twist comes, you're still, like, befuddled. You're still like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is fucking amazing. Oh, I want to door. And then, you know, you think the egg's finally going to crack? Huh? Uh, No. Well, what what's the saying? Uh, you got you can't get stuff done until you break a couple. You can't, of, you, you can't you, make an omelet yeah, until you crack some eggs. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're gonna stop. But, but then for them, it's also like they also put all their eggs in one basket. Oh fuck, <laughs> fuck off. Okay, all right. So that is what we've been watching as a group. But I have been watching two things solo that I would like to touch on. The first thing is Artist Switch, which was an anime that I mentioned in an like in the news section a couple episodes back about uh, fashion. And uh, it's apparently free on YouTube. I couldn't find like it on any streaming service because it is free on YouTube on the Artist Switch channel. It's, it's done by Sunrise as well. Yes, it is. Which is a pretty reputable studio. And pretty old, too. Like, yeah, they've been in the game for a while. So it's free like to watch. Early 2000s, late 1990s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, maybe even earlier than that? So it's free to watch. There's two episodes and a bunch of like behind the scenes or talking with the cast, stuff like that. There's English subtitles and like eight different languages. So you're going to be able to watch it. Basically, it's got that YouTube closed captioning treatment, right? Which like is really good. So it's also a 3D CG anime, but it is also have the pitfalls of a 3D CG anime, which is the low frame rate, like Knights of Sidonia, basically, with polygon pictures. You know, like, it's not too fluid. Yeah. I can't really tell you what's it about other than it is an anime short, not actually an anime 25-minute episode. So it's like eight minutes or so per episode. So two episodes that are officially released, that's 16 minutes. 
and it is about, long story short, finding yourself. Girls trying to find themselves. And the character designs were done by a, a woman named Hiromi Matsuo. Yeah, so I don't think she's done any major, like, works, but... I did have a look at her portfolio. Yeah, on her website. They're pretty good. They're like that fish eye look, that cute look. There she are, has there, it there nailed. Are, there are points where like, it looks a little bit gothic, but with a lot more pink than black. You know, you know what I mean? It's got, yeah, that, I, it's, I know, it's I got know. that like old kind of tinge like to Loli- it. Lolita. Lolita, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's very distinctive, and her character designs are used for that anime artist switch. The color palette... Super vibrant, super energetic. The music is really good. The OP, as short as it is, they also play it for the ED, is also the same music track. It's really nice. Uh, it just seems like a very straightforward YouTube clip, right? It's not very long. A couple episodes, eight minutes. Yeah. Uh, easy I, watch? It's a very easy watch. I just don't think it's a very good... I mean, I don't think it's bad. It's like a seven. But it's... a if it's there, it's there. It's a seven, three point five stars out of five stars. Seven point five, a seven out of ten. It's, yeah, it's fine. That, that that's it. And God, may- we're getting to the point now where like seven, which is usually like a passing grade for us, is like eh, whatever. <laughs> I mean that that that's it, right? Six is like you barely made it, which is like we could have dropped it, but we chose not to. Seven is to be a- fair. I have like a couple sixes. I don't have anything below that because if I did, I would have dropped it already. Yeah, I mean that's our yeah. philosophy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the okay, so the other anime that I watched, which premiered on Funimation YouTube in the U.S. for 24 hours, then got pulled, not because it was illegal or anything, but because it only lasted 24 hours, was Sunny Boy. Yeah, this one I wanted to watch, but I didn't get around to watching it because, you know, busy. It is an anime that will be premiering very soon for summer 2021. It is made by, produced by Madhouse Studios, which is the topic uh, for this episode. Yep. A little teaser. We're going to get into some real mad shit later. And then the director and script writer is the person who did One Punch Man Season 1. So the good One Punch Man uh, anime. There's only one season, though. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I uh, sorry. I, if you I didn't, if you didn't catch this on, listeners, um, don't watch season two. It doesn't exist, right? Basically, I don't think there's ever going to be another season of One Punch Man. No, because it's it it went like no, all the goodwill is gone. Yeah. So hopefully the manga is still selling well, though. I hope so. I mean, I still think it's like a good concept. But what is Sunny Boy about? I can't really tell you other than it's a bunch of students in a school with superpowers and inception and high school problems and distortion of reality. Like it's basically inception with superpowers. And if that tickles your fancy, you should watch Sunny Boy. Yeah, I, that sounds dope. Yeah. I'm really captivated. It's also really funny that the synopsis, like the plot description, is just so generic. I mean, you you read it for bits and pieces. I was listening to it. It was just like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, it's just like another day at school, and then they gain superpowers. Oh, it's a death battle. Oh, they're going to fight to survive or whatever. 
there's turmoil within. Oh God, it sounds super generic, and it is. I think the the formula with my anime list entries when they put in the synopsis is the more generic and bland it is, the more fucked up or the more like batshit insane it's going to be, or you you know you're going to enjoy it. Like when we were reading the synopsis to Wonder Egg Priority, it was very bland. Akudama Dry was very bland. Akudama yeah, exactly. was like, oh, here are a bunch of delinquents who are running, wreaking, wreaking havoc in Osaka. Okay. I remember the plot description for Wonder Egg. Pro- Actually, you want to pull that up because uh, while I talk about well, Sunny Boy, yeah, and you, well, or, or yeah, you talk about that. I'll pull up some stuff. So Sunny Boy, the first episode is obviously now not on Funimation YouTube anymore because they only did it for twenty four hours. Uh, I used a VPN, so I was able to access it during that twenty four hours. The there was no music during the first episode until the very end, which is the OP for the anime. That is was in the trailer i really don't want to spoil anything other than to say will we had akudama drive in winter we had wonder egg priority uh last two seasons ago spring no 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 uh fall no technically oh sorry yeah fall is akudama drive uh, fall is akudama drive winter is wonder egg priority vv is now yeah spring spring Right and now. Right now. And I'm telling you right now, Sunny Boy is going to be that for summer 2021. It is that good. Or at least it has a lot of promise. I'm intrigued. I'm definitely interested to see where this goes because it's really cool. Actually, yeah, since the since the anime came out for Wonder Egg, they've actually like souped up their synopsis. So it's not nearly as bland and dry as it used to be. Oh, okay, then maybe we shouldn't yeah, say no, it. Yeah, then. no, because because it actually does give away quite a lot of things. I don't know why they put it on there. It's actually a really big spoiler. Uh, yeah. So, Sunny Boy, it's really good. If you like Inception superpowers with high school kids, that's what you should expect. I think it pretty much covers up the stuff we've been watching, right? At least you know, in terms of stuff that wasn't like research or homework or stuff that we wish to discuss in like actual discussion topics. Um. Unless there's, unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about, is it? Have you been reading anything or watching anything? I mean, I've been watch. I've been reading a lot of stuff, but you know, like I mean, it's the thing where you and I both read and watch stuff, but we don't mention every single thing that we read or watch because that is not that interesting sometimes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the news then. Let's right. Move on to the news. So, Jason, do you like Blu-rays? Yeah, oh. I mean, neither. Yeah, so. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Uma Musume, right? Yeah, you totally have uh, that on ho- Blu-ray, right? Ho- horse uh, was Derby. It, was, was Region 1 unlocked? Yeah, I, I I contributed to that world record, right? Yeah, sure. Actually, that world record. You're one of, what, what was it? 160,000 yeah. in the it was first 50, two weeks. And 50,000 in, in week two. Yeah. So, uh, Demon Slayer Mugen Train, the DVD and Blu-ray came out in Japan. And uh, what else is there to say except it broke other it broke records again, again. It sold over one million Blu-rays and DVDs in the first three days. So Oricon, you know Oricon, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. the Japanese ranking that they do for yeah, yeah, yeah. DVD sales and a bunch of rank any like Japanese like physical media really. or like uh, manga as well. Yeah. So. Your boy, Demon Slayer Mugen Train, earned the number one and number two spot in Blu-ray 
for the special edition and the regular edition. Yeah, and this the, is dumb. And then DVD ranked one and two for the special edition and the regular edition. That's like it's just dumb. Imagine it's like you're a sports team and like you're the best in the world, and the second best team in the world is like your backup squad. Like well, there's just no competition, right? What's the point in playing this game anymore? You look at Demon Slayer, it's like everyone is just so fucking like. They, they, how do you even maintain confidence anymore? I mean, I know like like Evangelion had a bunch of movies come out recently as well. They also had some Blu-ray sales too. But like, dude, like Demon Slayer is just straight up just wrecking shit. Uh, I, look, I watched the movie. I think it's a really good movie. Demon Slayer, we will talk at length about it throughout the existence We're of this podcast. We're never going to stop talking about it, I don't think. Because we can't. We, we even- I think for as long as there is going to be st- like manga yet to be adapted into an anime, and for as long as there's going to be maybe more movies in the future, I don't doubt they're going to keep using this formula. The, the world's not going to stop talking about Demon Slayer at least for another four or five years. Yep. So Jump neat this, by the way. So Yeah. So, Demon Slayer is slaying, again, we're going to use that, slaying the box office, and then now slaying DVD and Blu-ray sales. Yeah, it's a, it's it's got a lot of DVDs in circulation. Just like how the next bit of news I want to talk about has also got a lot of manga in circulation. Yo, okay. So, I'm actually a really big fan of this manga series called Kaiju Number no. 8, or in English, Monster Number no. 8. So, it's usually uh, like filtered onto the Jump Plus platform. Uh, but it's also like on the regular jump platform, which you can buy hard copies. No, no, manga. no, it's not. You can't buy. You can't buy. So it's only just digital, pure digital. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Okay, that makes more, much more sense then. Um, so it's essentially like a kind of taksitsu. Or what's what's the term for like Japanese live action superhero movies? Like like the Sentai. Sentai. That's the, that's, that's like, like superheroes. Sentai's like like Power Rangers. I thought Sentai was a studio that produced that shit. Yeah, but they also invented that genre. That's why they called it Sentai. There's Sentai another, is basically Power Rangers. There's another word for it, I'm sure. But anyways, there's like monster yeah. kaiju fighting. That like Godzilla. That's a that's a separate genre that is starts with T, I think. Anyways, Kaiju number eight is the fastest Shonen Jump plus manga to top three million copies in circulation. What that means is the manga. Plus jump plus uh, manga platform that Tokusatsu. That's what it is. Yeah, that's why I knew it'd start with T. So we like Spikes Family. You like Spikes Family. Oh, you you like Spikes Family. Everyone likes Spikes Family. Who doesn't like Spikes Family? And that even Spikes yeah, needs to come out soon. And Spikes Family still couldn't beat Kaiju Number Eight in this department where it topped three million copies in circulation that fast. I mean, we talked about Jujutsu Kaisen going crazy. So everything is going crazy. And I'm really happy for uh, the mangaka for Kaiju number eight because I fucking love Kaiju number eight. I, I need to read it, but it's just it's available Look, on if, the Jump Plus platform. If anybody out here is like an Ultraman fan or any of those kind of live action superhero fans, this is a reverse Ultraman. That's basically it. But the guy's still a good guy. It's so good. Go read it. It'll, it'll make my day. It'll make the guy's day too. So. That is Kaiju number eight. Then comes, speaking of manga. So one of the things that I am really, what was it, frustrated by is there's always streaming sites for Netflix. So, or, or no, sorry, streaming for sites anime. for anime. 
and one of them is Netflix. Then there's Crunchyroll. I believe the streaming site for Netflix is called Netflix. Yo, you're Dark. blowing my mind. Netflix.com slash JP or slash HK or slash US or wherever the world you are. You also have to add a hyphen and EN for English. <laughs> exactly. But then, like, if it's like, if you do US hyphen FR, would that mean like American friend? No. No. You might just actually crash Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said then, right? In terms of like anime, you can go on Crunchyroll, Funimation, High Dive. You can go to Verve if it still exists. I don't actually know. Uh, I think it temporarily still exists. Or but you just like, go on to like, you know, turn your TV, look on Animax or Toonami. You'll find anime to watch. But there is no through streaming for manga. I mean, there is Jump Plus. Outside of Jump Plus, right? There's Jump Plus. Jump Plus, and, like the actual uh, Shonen Jump uh, manga app, they're, they're both really good. I like using them. Manga Plus or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's Manga Plus. But then there is also Bookwalker, which is sort of the, the main go-to for digital light novels, manga, so on and so forth. But you have to buy it wholesale. Yeah. So you, 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 there's no like, hey, I pay... I don't know, thirty U.S. dollars per month or something, like, something like that, and then have the whole library the, available. The, the to price me. points are very different, right? Like if it's like a Crunchyroll sub or a Netflix sub, it's only a couple dollars a month. I mean, of course, if you if you sub to all of them, it stacks up, but you have a wide catalog to choose from. Whereas if it comes to manga, if you're not using the Jump Plus platform or if you're not using a localized version, you're paying like twelve, thirteen bucks for like a single volume of. Manga. Yeah, and they're not all centralized. It so it might not you, even be hard copy, right? Just, if it's digital, like hard copies are going to be much more expensive. And like, if you're not in like a country where they already readily have it, shipping costs, especially with COVID economy, is going to be ridiculous. Right. Or not even possible to yeah, send it. Like, it might just take you like months before you're going to get your book. So June 28th, which is uh, a Monday, the manga service Azuki will launch. And it is basically a streaming manga service. And I have the list of their mangas that they are available, uh, that are available when you sign up, because they're in partnership with Kodansha USA, and they're offering uh, titles. It's only four ninety nine to read manga without ads to customers. So there's a subscription available, and there are a lot of manga that I like. I mean, right off the bat, right? They've a got... sign of affection is the first thing that shows up, and I was like, yes. Well, I was actually going to say Ace of Diamond. Ace of Diamond. Attack on Titan. There's, there's Air Ola, Gear. There's Blame. Okay, we're, we're literally going down, Chihaya aren't Fudu. Chihaya Fudu. Sells at Work. A fire Force, I Domestic guess. Domestic Girlfriend. Yo. Yo. Cardcaptor Sakura. Oh, they have Grand Blue. That Boarding School Juliet. Okay, look. We're, 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 we should not keep going, but... There is a lot of manga that's available, and yo, they got my little monster. Yeah, I know. Hell yeah, they have. They they're actually they have Dodama Kantavile. Oh yes, yes. Okay, yeah, four ninety nine. Let's do it. Yeah, basically, I highly recommend this service, even though I haven't used it yet, because it is gonna. I want to support a service that is attempting to stream manga of all different publishers. I think generally, look, like most people are going to like watching anime because it's probably their first exposure to that kind of industry, right? Like, but when it comes to manga, it's it's still popular. I wish it was more popular because there's so many manga that I would prefer to read as opposed to watching its anime counterpart. Not like a master race kind of thing, but because it actually is just done better. Right. So uh, 
I need to make a slight correction. The four ninety nine U.S. dollars per month is to read without ads. So that's a subscription service. But there's also a free user, so you'll be able to access select chapters with advertisements. So it's kind of like Jump Plus. And then, just to confirm, it's available June 28th on iOS, Android, and web browser in English worldwide, except Japan. It makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because Japan's probably got, like... Their own e- thing. Yeah, they got even cheaper subscription platforms. Or, like, they... they I mean, they have, like, manga renting cafes, too, right? Like, I mean, have, we used to have manga renting cafes. It's a shame they don't really exist anymore. In Taiwan, they... What are books? What's, what's a heart... What, what, what are pages? What does it feel to have, like, a, a book in your hand now? Because I read everything off my tablet. Isn't it called a phone? I don't understand, Will. What is this book thing you're talking about? Wait, you're, you're, watch, you're reading manga analog? What is analog? Oh. Oh, shit. Ooh. Sit down, young one. What's, we need to talk. What's paper and ink? <laughs> okay, so uh, Azuki is the service that will launch. Will needs to blow his nose. And then we will get into the last news for today this episode which is a bunch of mini announcements which is netflix had a a a week a live stream event called geeked week and they announced one two three four anime projects one of them which is actually pretty interesting because the first thing i saw was clamp so i haven't seen clamp in a while you want let's start with that then so clamp is a a group of mangakas that I think are all women. Yep. And they made a lot of really well-known properties like Carcaptor Sakura, XXXholic. Uh, Tsubasa Reservoir Chronicles also part yes. of that. Yeah. Chobits? I think Chobits is also yes. ch- Clamp. Yeah, I think and so. And then Clover, X, a bunch of stuff. They are now going to adapt the Grim Fairy Tales. And Wit Studio is on board. Isn't that just crazy? Grim, Clamp, Wit Studio. Like, that, like in terms of... Like, it's like a match made in heaven. In terms of, like, a team to work with. That just sounds fucking ridiculous. That is what Netflix can do, for better or for worse, right? They just have that clout. They can just say, like, yo, we want A plus B plus C, and let's see what you guys can make. I think we've talked about this before, right? Like, Netflix is still trying to find that that one hitter that big that big big series where it's like they can create a whole new fan base immediately yeah and we actually will talk about it in a later episode we actually have it planned so yep stay tuned for that and uh, no- other things yeah you got a, a few other things announced too right like they think of a new anime series called exception so that one there's only a cover like i don't know just one artwork and all i have to say is it looks horrific and it looks dead space as fuck. So even the storyline is a bunch of people on a spaceship and then bad shit happens. It's basically dead space. It's basically aliens or alien. So I'm weirdly excited for it. It kind of reminds me of the art styles of Ben Templesmith, who did um, yes, uh, who, who did yes. uh, Thirty Days of Nights. And Dead Space and Singularity. Yeah, he did. He, no, I don't think he did the Dead. Did he do the Thirties of Night Dead Space edition? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he did. Okay, he, like the really rough. Yeah, drawing, but it's also kind of crazy. I think he's also done some Silent Hill as well. I'm not surprised. He's yeah. like the horror king, in my opinion. In 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 comics, it look like you said. It looks really rough, but like it works. 
scary. I don't. I think like that's the thing. Like when you try and like, like get too close to realism, like that's when like that's when things get a little bit distorted for you. Like it's like you know this is animated, you know this is drawn, so it shouldn't look real. Therefore, Ben's like, fuck it, okay, I won't make it real. I'll just make it horrific, and it bloody fucking works. So I I'm just weirdly excited just to see how it turns out maybe it will work out maybe it won't but i'm willing to give it a shot but like, let's just like, but the the are you reading the synopsis as far as synopsis go oh, dude, it's, 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 so, it's so dumb dude it's so good okay go go in the distant future human beings have been forced to leave earth and migrate to another galaxy an advanced team of spacecraft arrives at a planet that is to be terraformed each member of the team is output by a biological 3D printer. Okay, so here's the thing. When I was reading that, there was different states of mind. So I was reading, I was just like, oh, in the distant future, human beings, oh, it's a baby to be terraformed. Everyone it, is an output of a biological 3D printer. That's when I flipped my shit. <laughs> what the fuck? That's when I flipped my shit. I was like, biological 3D printer, what is... I was like, I need to know. Will, we need to know. Okay, so that's exception. Then there is Make My Day, which is a film, and I think it's also about space. It, it The picture looks, you know, the concept art they, they showed looks pretty cool. The thing that I have to say, though, it is uh, designed the, by uh, the people who did Macross and also a series that I would like to watch because I heard lots of good things about it, which is Flip Flappers. Oh, I thought you were going to say Fully Cooly. I don't really like. I think fully, fully FLCL Overrated? is okay. Okay, I think it's okay. I think it's fine. Um, I know I might get a lot of hate for that, but hey, it's okay. I haven't watched it yet either. So it's a Taiwanese. I heard that fully fully progressive was trash. I heard that it was trash as well. So um, Taiwanese three D CG studio Five Inc is going to animate it, and immediately I was like, "Is this going to be like Knights of Sidonia?" So. I think Nice of Sidonia, the manga is pretty good, but the look of the anime, well, you've heard it before, and if you haven't, it's very jarring because it's not as fluid animation, but all the background, everything is fluid. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe it'll work out. And then I left the weirdest one for last. Which I'm I'm very excited about because I've been watching a couple of reality TV shows recently as well. Um Wait, what are you talking about? I, I mean, like, I, you know, I, I, I watch stuff on the side. I, I mean, like, if you ever watched like Bling Empire or, you know, Selling Sunset on Netflix, no. Well, what if you did like a reality TV show, but you also incorporated? No, 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 no. Will, will, will. No, no. no we're no, not we're, even we're, done with Netflix. No, yet. no. Who cares? Who cares about Netflix? Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about this now. Oh, okay. I'm pretty so, sure that if they if they actually no, they're not going to put it on Netflix because they actually have a platform ready for it anyway. I was going to talk about the Will Smith. Nah, who cares about Bright those? Samurai Soul? Who cares about Will Smith? Even Jada doesn't care about Will Smith. So, Will, do you like manga? I do you know. think you have <laughs> what it takes to create manga? Hell no. Do you? But th- I would definitely try if I was given the opportunity. To do, do you have an idea that just need that extra push, that extra? So imagine like, imagine like if you just have you ever watched Will Smith's Bright? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're like 
jumping back. Oh, God. Okay, this yeah. is terrible. Okay, okay. okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the Will Smith thing, and then we'll go no, back. No, we're the... not. Okay. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck we'll, it. We'll do it live. So, Shonen Jump yeah. Plus is going to get a reality show where they're trying to find the next big manga creator star. Doesn't that just sound fucking insane? That is so crazy. I'm I'm so down to watch that. Usually, you know that like most reality TV show is trash. I've watched some Japanese ones. By God, they're just as bad. But this, on the other hand, if it's going to be trashy, expected. But they're looking for the next big manga star, right? Like, so the program will follow six teams, each with a manga creator and a Suisha manga editor, as they compete in four challenges. So one of one of the teams has a manga writer and a manga artist instead of one creator. So the so like in that sense, there's two uh, creators in that sense. The winning manga creator will receive a prize of five million yen, which is forty five thousand U.S. dollars. Really not that much. Which money. is really not that much money. And here's the here's the really messed up part: the opportunity to serialize their manga on Shonen Jump Plus. So it's not even guaranteed. It seems. I mean, that's the wording, right? It's like you have the opportunity, but we may not like it, even though you win. Like here you go, take the forty five k and just get the hell out of here. Yeah, but I think like it, it's cool though. Imagine it's like you have like up and coming like manga artists, and then you go to the competition, and then you have like these seasoned veterans. They're like pick and choosing their teams, and then they get the end, and like who is there to judge your shit other than the mangaka for fucking Hell's Girl, uh, Hell's, Paradise, Hell's Paradise, and Chainsaw Man? Yeah. Fujimoto, is it? Fujimoto or Fujimoto? Uh, Fujimoto. Yeah. Tatsuki Fujimoto. What's funny? Actually, it's, it's kind of funny that um, the the voice actress that's going to be the MC for the show is Gabby from Attack on Titan. Just don't do this to me. Yeah. She's also Uradaraka from um, I Hear Academia. The little floating girl. No, I know. I know. I I know who she is. It's yeah. just I'm just like looking at her. Uh... To be fair, most of the time, whenever like you have like MCs for these reality TV shows, they're not necessarily people who have. Like, again, I'm not besmirching the integrity of Ayane Sakura. She's a wonderful VA. It just so happens that the internet really hates one of the characters she voices, not because of her, but because of the character itself. Yeah. So there you go. That is all the news. Manga and anime is fucking weird sometimes, but it also brings sometimes. Up... I'm sorry. Sometimes. Yeah, just just sometimes. I don't know. I'm, I'm really peppy today. No, but I, no, I I think for sure, like only sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. I mean, dude, like each member of the team is output by a biological 3D printer. Oh, we're going back to exception. Right? Yeah, man, it is so weird. I love it. Like they they write it in a way, and this is not even. Hey, like this, they this, had this they is, had us three quarters of the way, and then the last quarter they're they just us, like, yeah. yo, this is Netflix, by the way. This is how Netflix described the story. They're like they're so confused as to what they're watching that like this is the best they can get come up with. But that just that's actually it, right? Like, no, like, no, no, the, okay. more, the more confusing and the more like weird, like or like incomprehensible a plot or a synopsis is. So I'm going to tell you what I predict was the board meeting, right? So then, you know, they all sit down. They're all with, like, the suits on one side and then all, like, the loose-fitting clothes of the manga. With the, with the ruffled hair. Ruffled they hair. Slept in, like, and then there's, like, 
piles and piles of drawings all over the place. And then there's like and uh, then you have a production assistant standing on the side. She's got like a stack of papers in her hands. She just she's wearing her headphones because she couldn't take it off in time. There is like a screen, you know, for your present. Does she have a piece of toast in her mouth as well or no? No, because she ate it on the okay, way here. Right. right. That would have been anime as fuck too. So um then there is like the screen, right? And then they sort of do slideshow PowerPoint presentation and whatnot. And then they go by the biological 3D printer, and then they and then they just skipped it like really fast. And then one of the suits is like, <laughs> wait, 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 what is? Go it, back, go back, please, go back, please. Is is that what I think it is? Is and, that a, is that a biological 3D printer? <laughs> and then they're like, the, what is this? And then okay, so then we fast forward. The deal is finalized. The announcement is going to be made, and then the synopsis has to be written. And this generic, you know, intern is going to write this this synopsis and then i could just hear the creator of exception just put his hands behind his or her shoulder and being like just add in the biological 3d printer just do it for me it, please it's, it's like being in like a in like a an elementary school play and the best actor is tree number two like this is it this is this is what we're looking at right now it's like don't worry about the monsters don't worry about all the crazy space body horror there is Let's talk about that 3D biological printer. No, no, I'm just saying, like, it is so generic, and then they're just like, no, come on, just add a little flair. Just do it for me. I know the execs at Netflix is saying, don't do it, but come on. You just press send, and that's it. Post, and that's it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. To be fair, we go back onto it, looking at the poster for it, it, it looks fucking gruesome. I'm t- I, that's what yeah, I said, right? It I is know. dead space. It is dead space. It is aliens. It looks like it. At this least. is a Ben Templesmith wet dream. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. So we were. Oh, actually, no. Did we talk about um, anything for um, Jinji Ito's upcoming anime? Because you, because you and I both watched the Uzumaki. Tra- yeah, we, we and I both watched the, the trailer for it. Right. It was on. Okay, so they had Uzumaki, which is Spiral. I think is the yeah, literally Spiral. Yeah, and then it is done by one probably the, no one of the f- most famous horror mangaka of all time, Jinji Ito. Will and I love Uzumaki to death. And for better or for worse, a lot of Junji Ito animes really suck. You watched the live action though for it, right? Uzumaki? For Spiral? Yeah, like when I was like in high school, it was dope. It was pretty gruesome too. Yeah, but the trailer looked... I mean, okay, again, it's not much of a okay. trailer so, as opposed to, like, more like a 30, like, 25-30 second expose of what it's going to look like. And then the rest of it being the director talking. So, it looks... That 30 seconds look great, though. Uh, dude, it, it literally... It's a manga in motion, but it's fluid, it's nice. Like, we, we talked about, for example, like, Way of House Husband, where it's a manga in motion, but it was more, like, detracting from, like, the enjoyment of it. We're more like, yo, this actually kind of sucked. This, Whereas this is different. This looks like the manga actually came to life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Granted, it's only like what twenty seconds of like, I would assume would be the first episode because she walks into the town. So it could just be the best it's going to be, right? But for those twenty seconds, yo, it should look great. It was dope. So, unfortunately, I mean, this is just off the cuff. Uh, now, uh, when we're talking about Uzumaki, the reason why they premiered that twelve-minute uh, trailer with the 30 minute cl- 30 yeah. second clip is because due to covid-19 they're going to push it to October 2022. Yeah. So a whole year and a half from now. But 
Hey, man. Hey, Halloween. We, we're going to do a Halloween episode. We're going to talk about Uzumaki, yeah, for Halloween, better or for worse. Halloween episode next year. <laughs> That's going to be a while. Hey, but we'll, hey. We'll, we'll, we'll be still doing this, right? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's going to be a long time before we get to watch it. Uh, to be fair, though, it's like before I was like, eh, I don't really care if it does come out because I already have like high expectations of it anyway, and I don't want it to be ruined, so I might as well just not deal with it. But the fact that like the trailer actually looked pretty sick. Now it's like, okay, I'm, I'm back on the hype train now. But the train is waiting for a year and a half before leaving the station. So do you know what you can do in the meantime, though, Will? So hear me out, okay? Right. So manga. I have a dope idea. I thought you were going to do word associations like manga, okay, uh, uh, anime, all right. We just go to Jump, Shonen Jump Plus and have an anime uh, – no, sorry, not anime. Have a manga – Based off of printers. <laughs> and then all the printers communicate with each other. Wait, is this some sort of like... And then they rebel against the humans. This is a dystopian like workplace horror, right? <laughs> and then there is a moment where the biological 3D printer prints out people to fight the people. But as, as, as it's printing, it's doing that dial-up tone from the 90s. <laughs> yes, and then all of a sudden, someone drops an ink, you know, ink blot, and then it melds into. Okay, okay I'm just gonna stop. I no, want. Keep going. This sounds like a, a plausible plot for an, an the, the machines will rise. I will tell you this: based on that synopsis, it's already better than ninety percent of what Shonen Jump Plus platform has, because a lot of them are gonna get canceled in a year. It's true. A lot of their shit's been canceled. There's only like a couple of things that are actually still going well for them. The best move for them actually was moving Chainsaw Man over to Jump Plus. That was like the best move they made, and I'm sure it's gonna make them millions. Okay, so I was okay. How how are we doing on time? We're fine, dude. We got like okay, okay. I will say this: I did read a manga, Soloist in a Cage. It's really good. Okay, Soloist in a Cage is on Jump Plus. All twenty chapters. There's only twenty chapters, right? From beginning to end, it's all available for free. So you don't even need a subscription service. You can just read it. Uh, same thing with uh, Kaiju Number Eight, by the way. That's you... correct. So, it's really good. All I gotta say is, when you want to see a woman slash like adult lady fuck shit up in a really fucked up prison world, because basically they put there's a there's a okay, sorry. Let me rephrase. Soloist in a Cage takes place in a weird future in some where all the prisoners are placed in one place. So and that I would imagine that's what a prison would be like, right? No, no, but then they can't leave ever. So then within that confine, they created a city and a community with their own rules and laws, all protected by a wall with guards it's not attack on titan don't look at me like that Shit. just just fuck shut. i was gonna ask what the just, titans are gonna just, pop just in just shut the fuck up <laughs> and then it's about a girl who escapes but then she had to like you know you're just describing the plot to dead man wonderland right she abandoned her younger brother who's a baby she then escapes successfully with a bunch of people she then learns how to become a badass assassin then decides to commit a crime to go back in the prison world this, to go find yeah. his brother. This is exactly Dead Man Wonderland. This is Rainbow. But I don't think either of them are on Jump Plus. <laughs> and it doesn't star a coup today. 
Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, actually, well, yeah, Dead Wonderland has a yandere. Yeah, so, which is perfect for me. So, Soloist in a Cage. Uh, it's rated really high. It's like 7.94 or something. As far as manga go, that might as well be an 8.6, 8.7. Usually, like, when it comes to manga, like, if it's, a, if it's, it's above a 7.6 for me, it's worth checking out. Hold on. Let me, let me type in Soloist in a Cage. Well, we're doing a lot of off-the-cuff stuff today. Hey, Come on, man. Like we're we're getting good at this. We don't have to run it through a script. Okay, okay. Seven point eight eight. It dropped actually. That's still great though, right? It's still really good. Like a seven point eight eight manga, like I find would be more enjoyable than a seven point eight eight anime. Even though like the anime itself would still be good. You're all right. Is this like allergies or something? It could be. Sorry, listeners. So, anyways, um, I think that's it for our what we've been watching and news section. I'm basically suffering from anime withdrawals. I haven't watched enough anime in the past two weeks, and now I'm suffering from it. Just, just, okay. Which is why I spent the last night watching, like, almost three hours of anime movies just to catch up, and uh, it felt great. I, I was like, I need to bail out halfway through. But, hey, we watched all the stuff we needed. Yeah, but at the same time, we're now going to take a break, and then after the break, we're going to talk about stuff that you need to watch, but more specifically breaking down a specific studio's works and which one you should really watch and maybe some that maybe you should steer away from. So uh, long story short, don't watch Records of Ragnarok. Watch Wonder Egg Priority if you haven't already so you can watch the one-hour special and gush about it with us. Buy the Records of Ragnarok manga when Viz finally gets them published in English. Or if you are in your respective countries and it is officially published, you it's should... It's crazy that like places like Spain, Mexico, and France got the fucking manga, but like, the U.S. doesn't. Because they basically know what's up. Maybe it's also because the market's smaller, so it doesn't cost them as much to localize it. Or they just think it's dope. Yeah. Actually, I think Blue Lock might have been already translated in French before it got into English. Well, Makes sense. So, um... Sunny Boy is really good. I'm excited for the premiere in uh, uh, summer 2021. Hold on to your butts and get ready for the one-hour special for Wonder Egg Priority. I just said that. Uh, I'm sorry. My mind is racing right now because I'm trying to like remember everything you said in the past five minutes. Uh, Demon Slayer, uh, Blu-rays, and DVDs are destroying everything. A bunch of Netflix announcements. Kaiju number eight is really good. There's a reality TV show. I don't. Why am I repeating this? What are we doing? Let's take our break. Yeah. I think we're both kind of losing it. <laughs> a need, biological I, 3D printer. Each member is an output. Okay, just uh, we'll be back after the break. Yeah, all right. Catch you in like a minute or two. To the second half of the Good Anime Palette podcast, episode 11. Um, I've finally taken my pills and I finally calmed down, got my thoughts collected. By pills, I mean some extra strong Panadol that Jason got from Australia. I am Jason, printed from a biological 3D printer. What model? I don't know. Fujitsu? Zero. Z- zero. <laughs> I'm type zero. 
You were just printed out from a Xerox printer. Yeah, man. Layer by layer. Okay. Actually, have you ever used a 3D printer? You probably have. Yes, yeah, man. You My have. research thesis is about 3D printing, dude. Yeah. Okay. I would like to buy one, but like, it, it, I mean, like one of the good ones, not one of those shitty ones that make terrible bottles. Anyway, back onto the podcast. So, uh, we mentioned a couple names earlier in the episode, talking about, like, for example, um, you know, a specific studio, Madhouse, and that's going to be the focus of today's discussion topic. So, uh, if you aren't familiar with Madhouse, which I think would be crazy if you haven't come across them before, they were a titan of a studio back in the late 2000s early 2010s uh had produced a plethora of really really you know just record-breaking just like 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 high scoring anime series of all different genres and it's from all different types of creators we aim to talk about a lot of the shows that if you haven't watched which you think again would be kind of crazy we will fully endorse them. There are going to be, of course, some pitfalls in talking about this uh, this studio because not everything has been rosy with Madhouse. In fact, there have actually been a lot of stumbling blocks and just issues um, over the past ten years uh, when it com- when it comes to running Madhouse Studios. So we'll talk about you know the heyday. We'll talk about its inception, and then we'll talk about the fall and potential revival of Madhouse. So Madhouse Studios, as Will mentioned, is a titan back in the heyday, and is kind of coming back now in terms of relevancy. There is, um, as Will said, I'm almost 100% sure that you have watched a Madhouse Studio anime. If you're even into anime, you must have. You just didn't know. So Madhouse Studios is a very important studio, not only in the context of anime back then in the 2010s or even 19, was it 1980s even? Well, it was founded in 1972. Right. All the way till uh, the mid-2010s when it kind of had the fall, as we would say. We would refer to it as the fall. But at that that time as well, 2015, like literally in the middle of the 2010s, that's some of the greatest shows that has ever graced the earth. And now it will seem to be coming back with a with a vengeance we, we hope so i certainly hope so I, I would hate to see studios going bust or studios like not like reaching the the pinnacle that it it, that it once had um of course you know financial troubles covid you know ch- changes in industry these things are hard to predict um but you know at the very least you know there's always opportunity uh for studios to, to come back or at least to restructure and be able to get back to some level of consistency so will when was Madhouse Studio conceived and born? 1972. 1972. So there was a bunch of uh, Mushi Pro animators that left the company Mushi Pro, and they decided to form an anime studio in 1972. This includes Masayo Maruyama, Osamu Dezaki, uh, Rintaro, which is a pseudonym for... Uh, Shigeyuki Hayashi, and also Yoshiaki Kawajiri. Impeccable pronunciation. Oh, I was, I was like sweating bullets a little bit. Right. So, Madhouse. Why the fuck are they called Madhouse? So, there is some controversy as to where the name come from, which, of course, I tried to scour the web to try to find a bunch of uh, claims. So, some say that 
it is based off of the Matsudo house in Chiba Prefecture when the others claim it stands for Mayuyama and Dezeki or other similar acronyms. In any case, the name has been the same for its entire existence besides a minor change from Madhouse Limited to Madhouse Incorporated in 1999. That's probably a business decision then, right? Probably, yeah. So apparently one of these naming theories is that Masayo Mamuyama, the M-A in Maruyama. Ma. It, and then the Osama Dezaki. Mad. With a D. And then the uh, Shigeyuki the Hayashi, yeah. the H in Hayashi, is the Madhouse. Which is hilarious because, to me, the last founder, uh, Kawajiri, had like no contribution to the name. But I'm sure he contributed a lot to the company. If so. any, actually, if anything, he is the last one standing. Who, who cares? I mean, in terms of like how the name came about, in the end, like you know, it Madhouse stands out. You, you you don't necessarily care about how it started off in terms of its name. You care about how it started off in terms of its works, and it's got a very stellar portfolio. So, when you think of conceiving a company, or in this case, an anime studio, you would think of an office building. You would think of or or like in someone's house even you know very old school or like you know the equivalent of like programmers programming in the back of their garage you yeah know? so madhouse studios first office was set up in a former bowling alley near minami asagaya station in tokyo and i just find that i don't know i just find that like pretty crazy and it gets even crazier because i wrote a note here is that 43 years later, Death Parade happened. I will get to what Death Parade is, but I just thought that that was a pretty funny tidbit. Spoiler alert, Death Parade is fucking fantastic. So whenever Will and I or anybody else mention Madhouse, they inevitably will get to the topic of the dip or the fall of Madhouse. And even this fall where that happens is debatable some people say it started in 2008 some people say it started in 2011 some people say it started in between needless to say that there is a very different madhouse studio before the 2008 to 2011 and then after the 2008 to 2011 time period and it's not so much down to like animation quality either. Like in terms of like the shows that came in before that time and after that time, it's been consistent. Some of the stuff that came out in 2015 was probably the best they ever produced, but the state of the company is very far from what it was once, right? So I'm not we're not going to bother you with like all this wiki we're not going to tell you like regurgitation what their, what, their, what their height revenue was their earnings how they pay their people and like, no that's that 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 kind of number crunching is just not interesting to us and not interesting to you guys as well i presume and if you are interested you can check it out but what i will tell you for people who like anime is that a bunch and i mean not one or two a plethora of people talented people uh, had their main start at Madhouse Studios. Uh, at This is pre-2008 to 2011 Madhouse. So people like Satoshi Kon. I think you can't talk about Madhouse without talking about Satoshi Kon. Satoshi Kon is the movie director for Paprika, uh, for Tokyo Godfathers, Millennium Perfect Actress, Blue. Perfect Blue, and 
his TV series Paranoia Agent. All of this was made at Madhouse Studios. Unfortunately, he died in 2010, which is unfortunate, but he was, what would you say, Will, the visionary of mindfuckery. You you don't get any more mind-bending and twisting than Shitoshi Khan. I mean, there's probably going to be people that are on his level or close to his level, but he was one of the first to do it. I mean, there, Netflix has Paprika the movie. You should just... I think it's also got Perfect Blue. And Perfect Blue. You should just watch clips or just Google clips of Paprika and you will understand how mindfuckery Satoshi Khan's style is. Or even just watch the whole damn series of Paranoia Agent. And we love Paranoia Agent. It's so, it's so weird, but it's so good. So he Khan, Satoshi Khan was going to make his fifth film, The Dreaming Machine with Madhouse, but unfortunately due to his death in untimely death in 2010, it was left incomplete, and to this day, we will never really know what it could have been which to be fair is you know out of respect right like you 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 just don't want to mess with someone's work and like be like well this is how he wanted to carry on his legacy i mean same thing with the berserk mangaka right it's like okay you want to carry on his legacy but is that what they wished for as well like i'm pretty sure they want to be the ones who actually crafted it with their own hands and mind right so best to leave it as is and just you know enjoy what he has already produced Right, like your perfect blue, like your paranoid agent, like your paprika. There's a lot of peas. Yeah. So another person of note, there's several, but we're going to go through them. Is Takashi Koike, which is considered a protege of one of the founders, which is uh, Kawajiri. You may not know who this person is, but after this episode, you will. He he plays a very important part in the history of Madhouse Studio. But his main break, his first main break, was he directed the pilot episode of Afro Samurai. So, if you have, or if you're into Western, you know, uh, anime animation, look, if you like Samuel L. Jackson, you yeah, exactly. He directed the pilot episode. Enough said. And he not, not Samuel L. Jackson, of course. We're talking about um, Afro the, Samurai. Yeah. He also uh, Koike is also the key animator for a lot of Madhouse's work. And I think still to this day. No, actually not still to this day. And I'll actually wait. Yeah, I take that back. Still not to this day. But back then, he did a lot of key animations, which we explained in our How It's Made Anime Edition. I think it's episode 9, Will, right? Key animation is the important scenes and moments in an anime that you draw out. So they're sort of the base of foundation in which in between animation and added effects are then added to connect all these key animations. So it's a pretty important role. And of course, his infamous contribution, one of our personal favorites to be fair, is directing a movie in 2009 called Mad A Red Line. I can't believe I messed it up. You almost said Mad Max. I yeah, Jesus Christ. Red Line is the movie that he directed. And we will actually get into that movie because it contributes a lot to the history, as Will said. Yep. Then comes the wacky guy, Masaki Yuasa. My boy. So The Fukuoka legend himself. So we actually will... We're doing a... I'm, I'm going to tell a little bit inside baseball. We're doing a double recording today. And it would be an after dark specifically focused on 
Masaki Yuasa. Yeah. Because he is just that influential and just that good. Well respected. Very well respected. Very well respected. He uh, directed uh, Kimono Zume, Kaiba, and Tatami Galaxy at Madhouse Studios. So, and then he later on founded uh, his own studio, which we will get into in the After Dark. Well, Madhouse definitely played a very important part in his career. Yes. Then... There is Mamuro Hosoda, one of the you know one of the titans when it comes to anime movie production. My f- one of my favorite anime movie directors. So the girl who leapt through time in two thousand and six, Summer Wars in two thousand and nine, and Madhouse also co-produced Wolf Children in two thousand and twelve with uh, Hosoda's uh, own studio that he founded later on called Studio Chizu. Each of these films. But particularly Summer Wars and Wolf Children is one of the best anime movies that I've seen in my entire life currently. And I stand by that statement. So, then there is Clamp. Yeah, we briefly mentioned Clamp earlier. Um, but they also had a, a pretty big part when it comes to the the history of Madhouse. Not so much like the studio itself, but the productions. So they collaborated a lot. Uh, Madhouse Studios collaborated a lot with Clamp with uh, Tokyo Babylon, X, Clover, Carcaptor Sakura, and Chobits. So it's just, it's not just like one or two. It's like a bunch of IPs, right? But these are all just like the notable producers, the notable directors. Then comes... The stuff that I think almost every single anime fan at some point will consume or at least definitely like 100% know of. So things like Death Note. I put that first because who doesn't know what Death Note is? Who hasn't written in a Death Note before? I had a Death Note when I was in high school. Really? Yep. Didn't work. I, okay. I I don't remember whose name I wrote in there. So, you know, this is a side note. There are like manga stores in Kowloon that you can buy the Death Note, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, if you really want to relive, a, there, relive your dream. There was a period dream. of time when, like, high schools actually, schools in general actually banned people from bringing the yes. Death Note into school. I, I remember that because it promoted... Bro, it was crazy. So, Hunter x Hunter, come on. One of my favorites. Very, very good. I don't think it's ever going to continue adapting the manga because the manga itself has been on hiatus for three, four years now, but... It's hey, as good as dead. It's all on Netflix, you just watch all of it, all 145 episodes. The remaster, right? Yeah, the 2011 one, the one that was done, um, you know, in uh, in all 1080p, glorious, glorious animation. Oh, it's it's so good. Then comes what I consider. In, okay, it's not the same level, but I consider it the female berserk, which is Claymore. It's not it's not at the same level, but if I had to say it in one sentence, it is like the grittiness and dark nature of berserk but stars a female it's female knight. guts female guts yeah yeah i watched an episode of that i watched an episode but just because i've read some of the manga and like, to compare it no it's 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 almost similar in the sense of how the hell you're gonna compare like the anime of berserk with the manga of berserk it's it's just it's just tough but i think that they still did a decent job I'll get more into it later on, uh, but there's still a lot of other things they also did, right? So they've also and then got, your favorite series, yeah, Black Lagoon. Wow, it's so good. There's also Paradise Kiss. Paradise that, Kiss, yeah. I actually really like a lot. Right. Uh, the manga. I don't think I can find the anime version anywhere. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the shows that we will talk about. Not all of them are in circulation anymore. Or, like, none of them are, like, picked up by a studio. Or, like, you have to buy, like, the DVD because... 
and there are like hundreds and hundreds of dollars because they're out of print because Madhouse either won't release them or well, it's just licensing. Right? Yeah, it's like it, it's it, a, in the end, like who's going to be able to decide to fork over the money to get this distributed in the U.S. or the U.K. or wherever. But one of the most, in fact, of I mean, oh, like Death Note Hunter X Hunter, definitely well known. But for me personally, someone who likes Shoujo and uh, Yuri Girl Love, Nana is the most important piece of work. Yeah, Salt Salt, right? Boys, get him out of here. Uh, Okay, so I'll be continuing the rest of this episode on my own then. Uh, Oh, you're back. Okay, cool. Right. Um, Beck. Yeah, Beck is also another one of those, maybe not as well-known as Nana, but I I knew about Beck. Uh, Unfortunately, the director for Beck died recently, I think like a month or two ago. Yeah. So uh, rest in peace. Satoshi Khan, rest in peace as well. But Beck was a very influential anime and i think it's based on a manga uh, yeah mongolian chop squad is that the yeah it's like name? beck colon mongolian chop squad there's also gunslinger girl which is uh an anime that i actually watched and really enjoyed it's on funimation oh, we'll talk about it later it's based on a manga then comes the one that i actually really 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 want to watch the only issue is that uh, while you can stream it or you can rent it um it's only in dubbed Technolize. Yeah, you can only find the English dub for it, uh, at least here in Hong Kong. So Technolize is, uh, at least the art is made by the Serial Experiment Lane uh, guy. And it's about dystopian cyberpunk future with prosthetics. And since I majored in prosthetics, I have a soft spot for those sorts of things. But we couldn't really find it anywhere. So we'll see. Maybe that will change. But for the time being, that is... Here's the here's the crazy part, Will. That's all pre the fall of Madhouse Studios. And we're not we, yeah, we, we definitely didn't include all of the works. These are the ones that are probably the most notable ones. There's still dozens of other shows, other movies that five has pages done. in the in, in our docket I put all of our of their works. Five pages of sentences. I mean it's what happens when you've been working for over forty years. From nineteen seventy three till current. Yeah. So it's insane. And obviously, like, the old anime stuff is really hard to, to find, and we won't even bother because... Generally, we'll be talking about more contemporary stuff. Even if you talk about stuff that was in the 2000s, that's still going to be pretty ancient. But a lot of it still holds up today. So now we have to talk about, chronologically, what I would consider the year that Madhouse kind of is at what? a tipping point. Went, yeah. So everyone, as the I needle that broke the camel's back, yeah. essentially. So 2008, 2011, of course, everyone says is that time period. It's debatable if, when, when you, who you ask. For me personally, 2009 was the year that Madhouse kind of crumbled. And that is because of a movie called Redline. Now, we've talked about Redline before, uh, especially in the, the sports uh, episode. It's 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 one of our favorites when it comes to anime movies, anime in general. I think it is one of the top ten anime movies in my personal top ten. Yeah, it's just, like it's so artistically like beautiful. The music, it's great. You can tell that like the people who were behind the project really felt passionate about it. But unfortunately, passion doesn't equal money. So, the film took seven years to make. It's been in production for seven years, and it used. 100,000 hand-drawn frames. I repeat, 100,000 hand-drawn frames. 
that's mind-boggling to me that someone would go to that length. So remember Koike? Takeshi, Takeshi Koike, yeah. Yeah, the Afro Samurai director for the pilot episode. Yeah, this is this was like his his major breakthrough. His right? major directorial debut. Yeah. He was fired after the production of the movie because of the cost that associated with the movie. So a hundred thousand frames, seven years of work, like the budget must have been crazy for this, right? A budget of three thirty million U.S. dollars. Now, in the U.S., that may sound like just like an indie film, for example, but for an anime, that is, and at that time, because you know, if you discount inflation, oh god, that thirty million dollars—that's crazy. Then, how much did it gross? A total of eight point two million. So they lost a shit ton of money. Barely, like, yeah, barely 30%, not even 30%. It so was, It was far off from even meeting, like, the lowest of low bars. So even though it may not be a huge loss for, like, a big U.S. movie studio oh, like yeah. Paramount or Warner Brothers. Loads of studios, like, big movies that just do not meet their budget. But for anime studios, if you don't make your money back at the very least, which is already a loss in many ways... You're done, or you, you're like, you might as well consider bankruptcy, especially if you're a small studio. And this is the crazy part that that 30 million does not account for promotion and advertisements. So that number is higher. So they lost a lot of money. Now, it didn't do very well theatrically, 8.2 million, but, and this is just hearsay, it, it got a cult following. And Will and I are one of the cult members. Yeah. We really like Redline. We drank the Kool-Aid. We drank the Kool-Aid, but we're not dead yet. Um, yet. So, it was a cult classic. The DVD and Blu-ray apparently did really... Actually, speaking of not owning any Blu-rays, I would consider buying Redline Blu-ray, to be honest. Let's get it, dude. Put it into the collection. We'll, we'll check on Amazon.com after the... Probably going to cost a lot of money. Actually, why don't you check it? Yeah, okay. While I talk. So... This was the final nail in the coffin for Studio Madhouse. But to be fair, Redline was not the sole reason for Studio Madhouse's financial uh, troubles. They already were uh, in the red for, what was it, like two, let's see, two two, uh, quarters. So, like, they were already not doing too good. Okay, just to interject, not expensive at all. $140 Hong Kong for a brand spanking new Blu-ray. Say that again? $140 Hong Kong dollars. That's like, what, like 17, 15, like 16, 17 bucks US? Blu-ray. Yeah. Is there a limited edition? There's a Prime version. There's also just a regular DVD version, which is only 60 bucks. What, what's so good about the Prime version? I have no idea. Maybe it's got like promotional art. It's got like some other like rat, rough sketches and all that. Two copies? Let's get two copies? Yeah, we can look into it. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, Redline is a really good movie, but it really costs the studio a hefty price. Yeah, I think when it comes to like working on passion projects, I I, I, I it'd be it'd be really hard pressed to say that this was a passion project. I think for sure, like you know, when producing Redline, they were expecting that this movie would make money. But you can also tell that like a lot of passion went into producing this this work. Unfortunately, passion doesn't pay the bills. 
And so you're making a massive loss. It also reminds me of Kizu Monogatari, which is the set of movies for the Monogatari series. Mm. The main director for Bake Monogatari, who is the director for Kizu Monogatari, had to go through like seven similar, like seven years of production hell in order to make Kizu Monogatari. I mean, that movie series only came out recently, right? No, 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 no. Like 2000, late. 2010s. That's still more recent than like all the stuff that came up beforehand, though, right? Like when did Bakemonogatari start out? Oh yeah, because it took forever for it to get yeah. made. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So production hell can really drive up the budget and cost, and you don't even know where the light at the end of the tunnel is. Because think about it, right? It's like sunk costs. Like okay, you're three years in. Okay, it's gonna get done, but. We can't recoup those three years, so we might as well see it through. And then comes year four, and then year five, and then year six, and then it's just, it's just, and everyone gets you know demotivated, and hope is all lost. And then it comes out, and then it does poorly, and the director gets fired. Like, yeah. but you can't put all the blame on Kaike. You can't put it all no, on no, 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 right? because the studio yeah. was in, as I said, the studio was in the red for two quarters with a total loss of 25.7 million U.S. dollars. Which is, like, the death sentence for most anime studios, big or small. And this just comes to show how much of a titan Madhouse was. The fact that it is, even though it's not the same as it was, the fact that it's still left standing is... A testament to just how big and influential and powerful Madhouse Studio was. So, in order to off to stop them declaring bankruptcy, Nippon TV, known as NTV, uh, bought a bunch of shares. In fact, bought all of it from a ten point four percent stake in the Madhouse to eighty four point five percent, and its original owner, Index Corporation. Uh, their share in the Madhouse Studios fell from 60.91% to 10.54%. So they're basically like, here, just take it. Uh, we, we don't want anything to do with Madhouse Studios anymore. Then, as if financial ruins... I mean, uh, financial ruins could be the catalyst for uh, a significant shift in staff. But at the same time, a bunch of staff and even founders left Madhouse Studios... So Masao Maruyama, the MA in Madhouse, he formed, guess what, MAPPA in 2011, which is a very big name studio today. It's probably the probably one of the current Tysons. It's, 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 it's hard to find anybody that's able to stand up to MAPPA now. A lot of productions, again... Because it's such a big studio, it means they're able to produce a lot of shit. Like, they produce, like, I think, like, what, over a dozen shows in the past 18 months alone. So, in my research, uh, Maruyama was the core member, core founding member and president of the company in the 1980s and, and so forth. He was not only the main producer, but he was also the studio head. So, he was deciding which projects to pursue... And he had a huge amount of clout and influence over everything with the studio. Yeah, so you can imagine that when he decided to pack up, you know, all his bags and say, "Oh, you know what? Like, I'm gonna go over and make my own thing now." That this left a huge hole. Yeah, I mean, your leader is gone. 
right? You, your your creative visionary is gone now, right? You have someone who literally steadied the ship, and this person now wants to buy a new boat. And then Dezaki died of lung cancer at on April seventeenth, twenty eleven, at the age of sixty seven, because of he was notorious for chain smoking. Then Rintaro, the pseudonym for uh, Shigeyuki Hayashi. He was apparently always a freelancer. So even though he found the company, he was never attached to his studio madhouse as a staff. So he could just leave, come and go as he pleases. He's like that cousin of one of the members who comes in and helps whatever needed. But like he was still like a pivotal part to the inception of Madhouse. I mean, the fact that, you know, if you speculate well, that his name was pretty much like part of Madhouse. Moving on afterwards, then, like you have... Uh, Wait, so... Another thing, though, with Rintaro, which is he disappeared off the face of the planet because the last thing he made was in 2012 doing the ED storyboard for the pet girl Sakuraso, which, okay, is actually a really good ED, to be fair. I really like that ED and the music and everything. But his last directorial work was Blade in 2011, where he was the assistant director for the series. And then since then, like, I couldn't find anything that he has done. So he's gone in terms of, like... You can pretty much assume he's retired. Yeah. Then comes the last man standing, Kawajiri. He is still there at Madhouse. And he is the only founder that has any presence. And he still does the storyboard for a lot of Madhouse's work to this day. So that guy is, like, loyal to his own company, not bailing or anything like he's still there well someone's got to study this shit right somebody's got to do something for madhouse right if it's not him who else is going to be then you have uh the satoshi khan who passed away so obviously yeah you have you also going on to create the assigned sorrow which own is studio. and then you have hosoda creating his own studio uh studio chizu in april 2011 so he, uh, even though wolf children was co-produced by madhouse all these big-name people that had their break in the anime industry all just pieced out it's at almost, 2011. It's, it's almost like, in a way, like it either created the legacy for a lot of these people or it was a springboard for them to go on to create their own legacy elsewhere, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But for Madhouse itself, it was terrible because, because then now it's like you don't have that core – like. Yeah. You don't have that core anymore. You, you don't, don't have, have money, and now you don't have the talent anymore. So then I guess because of that, Madhouse had to Oh, they were, they were desperate. So they, they did scrounge. So they did a bunch of weird things. So okay. Throughout the twenty tens they did some video game like uh intro sequences and stuff. But let's not get into that, even though I love Persona series. Yeah. Do you like Marvel? I do like Marvel. You like Iron Man? Do you like Blade? Do you like Wolverine? Or anything from the X Men? So, there is something in 2011 called Marvel Anime. On paper, that sounds crazy. That sounds like it should be good. And it is a series of four anime television series, and then later on, two direct-to-video films produced in collaboration between Marvel Entertainment and Madhouse. And keep in mind that this was before Marvel... This was like the beginning of when Marvel became a huge, huge movie property. 
this was still studio. at that. This is still at the point when Marvel had sold a lot of its properties over to Sony, right? Right, like for Spider Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is before and like, X Men. I think this is now before the MCU. Yeah, exactly. Definitely before the MCU. So these four television series, as Will and I alluded to earlier, is Iron Man, Wolverine, X Men, and Blade, all of which didn't rate very highly on. My anime list. They were 6.08 for Iron Man and Wolverine. X-Men is 6.35, and Blade is 6.23. Then there were also two more movies that came out, right? The direct-to-video? The Iron Man one, and then there's the Black Widow and Punisher one uh, in uh, 2013 and 2014, respectively. And they're all 6.2 and 6.31 mal rating. Of course, these numbers of these mal numbers may not mean a lot to people, but for context, that is like barely passable in terms of anime quality. Like you could produce a show that ranks around like a six or maybe like a low seven, and you could still get renewed for a second season, right? Like that that's the kind of low bar. So they were able to meet it by like at this point. I think the the lows of Madhouse, along with the rise of Marvel, just meant that like none of these things ever continued. And again. this thing is this these numbers of six point whatevers are crazy because all the other famous works that we have mentioned that were directed or produced uh, by all these famous uh, directors and whatnot they're all eights and above. They're all eights and above. They're all like the most important anime films or anime series of all time. Death Note, it's a nine. Hunter Hunter, that's a nine. Both Paprika and Perfect Blue, those are like top eights. They're, I mean, it's very, very highly uh, rated it goes and very well respected. Be, it works. goes beyond the anime zeitgeist. Like, people make fun of weebs and say, oh, you like Death Note. But in a very weird way, that is how prominent and influential Death Note was because it has seeped through the mainstream of modern human society beyond the, the weeb fandom. So, they kind of just, ugh. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that things were always going to be bad, right? I think, well, this actually may have been more of like a red herring, to be fair. But it was still good while it lasted, because you fast forward over to 2015, and a little-known show called One Punch Man shocked the airwaves. I think One Punch Man... Season one, because season two doesn't exist. Season one is one of the most popular and at the same time critical darlings of the 2010s. If you imagine the blow up of Demon Slayer, like in 2019 and 20 onwards, One Punch Man had the same effect in 2015. Everybody who was bald decided they were Saitama. Everyone decided to put on yellow spandex and you know, red kitchen gloves. Everyone decided to do 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, Dude, 100... there were so many, like, workout YouTube videos that of people just doing the workouts and none of them ever succeeded. But, like, it's like that that was the influence that One Punch Man had. Like, it was just that popular. It was just that good. And both of us have watched it. Yes, it's that good. Right? And it's credited as a Madhouse property. Except it turns out that after doing some digging that almost all of the staff responsible for One Punch Man were freelancers. And the director, Shingo Natsume, who will, who did Sunny Boy now, he called in favors and assembled his team that way because, and this is just pure speculation, 
there was nobody at Madhouse. Yeah. So he had to call in favors. He had to be like, well, I'm just going to have to do it myself. In the end, like, it was just like, yeah, like you said, the result, the, fruit, the fruits and labor of, of freelancers, friends, family who were able to just come in and contribute as much as they could to One Punch Man season one that in the end, it is only credited to Madhouse literally by association, just by name. Right, but in the end, like the core team that actually produced it, don't exist in my house anymore. I mean, that just comes to show. Season two of One Punch Man went to JC staff, because there's literally nobody that was gonna make it. Yeah, and, think, yeah. and this is when One Punch Man was like at its height of popularity and significance, and still they were like, yeah, we don't have the ability to make season two. Yeah, this is why, like, for a while, people always wondered, like, is it just, like, the Madhouse curse where, like, you know, big popular properties just don't have follow-up seasons or sequels? And it's, like, maybe, well, maybe just Madhouse's style. Maybe they just don't, they want to, you know, produce a banger and then move on and make another banger. No, it was just because, one, they had no money, and two, they had no people. So now we fast forward to the current times and beyond. And it seems to me, at least from where I'm standing, which is as a layman, really. Yeah, but at the same time with like an air of optimism, right? Madhouse Studios seems to be coming back. So a lot of people have left. But in a way, like, silver lining, right? A lot of people left, so then you have room for the new blood to come and grow. It's still going to be brutal work, but, like... Come on, like who's going to pass up the opportunity to work with Madhouse? That's like saying, oh, I worked at Pixar, I worked at Disney, or I was a video game programmer for Blizzard, you know? You know that like, work's going to be tough, absolutely going to be tough. Anything to do with animation really is going to be hard work, but like, if you enjoy doing it and you can bear with the harsh working conditions, I think like the enjoyment you get from producing or animating a show under the Madhouse banner that that goes a long way. And if you make it big, then you will be a big shot at Madhouse. You will be the next Hosoda. You will be the next Yuasa, Satoshi Khan, right? Yeah, and I don't think that, like, with Madhouse going through all these changes, they've forgotten where they come from. They've forgotten their roots. I mean, like, look, 2019, like, after, like, I think it was, like, seven or eight years, season three of Chihayafuru came back. Yeah, No Guns Life, uh, which is uh, a weird detective uh, action anime series, has two seasons, Sunny Boy obviously is premiering at summer 2021. Overlord season four got announced. I didn't even talk about that for news. And it's going to be made by Madhouse. So, and it's not to say that Madhouse did nothing. Because if I just like glance over to the series that they have done, you know, things like as um, as uh, Will just said, Ace of Diamonds. All Out. Uh, uh, Parasite the Maxim. Death a, Parade. A Place Further Than Universe. Uh, from uh, from 2018, yeah. Uh, One Punch Man, obviously 2015. Overlord, my my love story. Hajime no Ippo. Hajime no Ippo. Regular Magic High School. Card Captor Sakura. It's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of stuff. I mean, granted, you know, you are going to have like Mappa, who produces just as many shows, but within a year. But like, we're we're comparing like apples to oranges here. And the other thing to note is that there is no like figurehead. There, like when. When Chihaya Furu came out, I was ecstatic, and it was great. I don't know a single, like, staff that is of that like stands out to me right away. Or No Game, No Life, very good anime, very influential, too. Had this big splash. I don't even know who... 
like I, I, there's no Satoshi Kon equivalent. There is no Hasoda equivalent. There's no Yuasa equivalent. Of course, there is because that position has to be filled by someone, but their name has no impact. But Madhouse Studios has the impact. But then it also has the tarnished legacy from before. And everyone is just like, well, oh, God, it's Madhouse. At least from an anime viewer, that's how I see it. I don't know about you, Will. I think, like, anytime you talk about Madhouse, you remember the good old days. Exactly. Like that's, You just remember, oh, man, fucking No Game, No Life was amazing. One Punch Man was great. Parasite the Maxim was ridiculous. And like, all those came out at, like, 2014, 2015. Oh, we didn't even talk about Death Parade. Yeah, I, I, I said yeah, Death, like, like Death Parade. Was, and, and then there's Death Billiards as well. Like there was just so much good stuff that had come out from the Madhouse banner that, like, no matter how much we talk about its fall from grace and the financial troubles it's gone through, like you don't think about those. You think about the stuff that they produced. Like nobody talks about season two of One Punch Man. You only talk about season one because that was the good shit. Even if it was produced by a bunch of freelancers. So in conclusion, like if I have to say final thoughts, at least to the history of Madhouse before we go into some of their work specifically. I think Madhouse has a very soft spot in my heart because they made so much stuff of different uh, genres, different sources, different styles. It, it was like a catch-all umbrella studio. They produced my most favorite anime series of all time. And without Studio Madhouse, we will not see MAPPA or Science Saru that was later founded by these people who had their big break at Madhouse. So they created and sparked a lot of talent. And it's unsure whether or not they could, you know, relive those glory days, the golden age. But it looks I'm optimistic. We all hope to be optimistic. Yeah, so it's like the the fact that the studio brought us these these juggernauts like One Punch Man and Death Note, like you have to feel like if it's going to be a final send off, at least like Go gracefully. Like, just enjoy what they've done. And if it's going to be at an end, at the very least, you know that throughout all this, all these troubling times that they were still there. So it, it is just, I hope the best for Studio Madhouse, basically. And I hope they redeem themselves. And I hope, I don't know, what, two, three years down the line, you and I will be having a conversation about how awesome Madhouse Studios are. Is. Who knows? Maybe in the future, somehow they're able to put another ragtag squad together and make One Punch Man season three. Right. So one I can dream. One can dream. Yeah, maybe, one... Or maybe No Game No Life season two. Yeah, I would, I would like that. So th- I found a random Reddit comment that said, "Mappa is to Madhouse as Trigger is to Gynax." I mean, like it's 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 uncanny, right? It's it's pretty much like you you knew where the classics came from, and now they now these big studios have carried on the legacy just under a different name. Okay, so actually, I thought we would we went a lot more than I thought we would, but now let's talk about the works, the anime works of we listed a Studio bunch of them already, but they, we're going to talk about them again because they're just that good. So we're going to talk in depth about a number of them. Will, do you want to go first? If I haven't already talked enough about it, everybody needs to check out Black Lagoon. Yeah. Black Lagoon is one of my personal favorites. As mentioned, it's about like a salary man in Japan who you know, is fed up with his life, but then gets end up uh, ends up getting tied up in a, uh, in a in a deal gone wrong a, a, a deal gone wrong 
uh, and is now working with a bunch of pirates. But then he's adopted that lifestyle, doesn't need to, you know, you know, strong arm anybody, but he just uses his wits, he uses his talents to be a good pirate of the seas. And you just sort of, you know, look into like the seedy underworld of uh, of gangs that live out in Southeast Asia. Um, it's 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 brutal, it's violent. Uh, there's no happy endings. There are going to be some bright spots, but just the journey along the way of people like going through like the nittiest and grittiest of environments, and you know, just trying to you know, bloom a flower out of concrete. It's yeah, just, it's it's just it's just a beautifully dark show. And Black Lagoon is available everywhere. So it's like Prime, Crunchyroll, Funimation, Netflix. It's it's just available everywhere. Everything, everything, all the way through to the last six episode uh, OVA, uh, Roberta's Blood Trail. Really, really good. I highly recommend it. Um, come back to me if you've watched it. We can discuss. One of the shows that I have watched in uh, preparation for this episode is Gunslinger Girl. I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's based on a manga about little girls who are genetically engineered to be assassins. And they have like a handler who's like an adult that com- that accompanies like these girls to go, you know, do the government's bidding. And it is very slow, but it's also extremely good. I really like it. The violence is like in in bursts. It's not every day you get to see a girl carrying a violin case, then dropping it on the ground, and a P90 uh, submachine gun comes out, and you just decimate a bunch of terrorists. So, it's pretty cool, and it talks about... It's just sad. Speaking of Black Lagoon, Gunslinger Girl is just tragedy and sadness everywhere, and trying to find the the good things in a bad situation it seems like it, it's almost polar opposites right for every black lagoon there is a um there's like a, a tatami galaxy for every no game no life which is just basically it's like like happy like a colorful place, yeah and like a place where the universe which is just you know cute girls traveling around the world no, no not traveling around the world traveling to antarctica from Japan, that's that's yes. that's halfway around the world. Sorry, I thought when I thought you said around the world, I thought you mean like multiple places. No. Uh, yeah, yours, yours is more succinct. But yeah, for every like every one of those kind of shows, you'll have like a Parasite the Maxim. So Parasite the Maxim will has read the manga but not watched the anime. I have watched the anime but not read the manga. Parasite the Maxim is just bloody good time, man. I've watched some of the anime and I can confidently say that it is ninety five percent faithful when it comes to this adaptation so you can pick and choose whichever you want uh it's on crunchyroll netflix high dive uh parasite the maxim i really like a lot especially if you like violence just but, yeah, but just not like side note in terms of like the uh, the manga it did come out in the 80s so it is a little bit dated in terms of its drawing style but i thoroughly it, it's just it, it's if you thought that the anime itself was already as gruesome and uncensored as it was it's even more ridiculous in the manga and i cannot recommend it anymore overlord i really like a lot it's available on crunchyroll funimation and netflix yo season four is coming out season four is coming out it is the most trashiest guilty pleasure ever it is not necessarily what i call good anime or no great anime but it's hella good and hella fun yeah, I would also be able to endorse um, Claymore. I think Claymore was actually a, a pretty decent show to watch. Um, it, it, I think it, it acts as a springboard for you to go check out the manga for sure. But it's easy to consume. 
It's on Crunchyroll. Like, why not? I think the two movies, The Girl Who Left Through Time and Summer Wars on Funimation, is Hosoda's best works. I mean, he's still doing really good work, and I'm really excited for Bell, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of Hosoda works on uh, on Netflix as well now, so you can probably check it out there. Like Mirai? Uh, Mirai, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about Mirai. Okay, so then... We we could just keep naming stuff. Oh shit! Yeah, Perfect Blue and Paprika are on fucking Netflix. Yeah, yeah I told you. Yeah, check those yeah, out. Yeah, check those out as well. So, then comes the ones that we probably you probably not necessarily would check out on first notice, which is Death Parade and Paranoia Agent. Oh man, uh, let's start with Death Parade. Okay, so they're both available on Funimation. Yeah. But let's talk about there Death was a period Parade. of time when Death Parade was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix Hong Kong anymore, but it might be on like the US one, Canada, UK, wherever. But Death Parade is fucking beautiful. Like you said, I think like it would, to just to quote Jason, the the contrast between the opening and the actual anime itself is just like day and night. It's so good. Like a lot of people who I recommend to watch it, they were just like you're trolling, right? You're trolling, right? You're just memeing me, right? This 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 opening is like bullshit. What is this? And then like after the first episode, they're like, oh, this is actually really good. I've never felt more depressed after watching some of those episodes. But then either. there are some that are really hopeful. Oh man, the bowling alley one. The bowling alley one was super cute, super wholesome, super cute. But then the video game one was bad like when you air see, hockey one when you see the worst in people the air hockey one was pretty bad the um i mean to be fair look if you watch death parade but you're not sure you want to continue you're just dabbling into it just watch the first two episodes and then you will figure out like i would say not even the second episode the first episode is enough to convince you one way or the other and the so, second episode nails further down what death parade really is all exactly about. so death We've been going on about like re- random video games and and air hockey. So what it is is in Death Parade, a bunch of people show up at this bar, and they don't we- really remember how they got there. And right, they just show up. They get out of an elevator. They, there's a bartender at the end of the, of, of the hall. And we won't spoil the premise, but needless to say, they have to play what would be you know a normal like game. Sometimes it is like old maid. Maybe it's like darts. Maybe it's like bowling, air hockey, video games. Street Fighter, yeah. So let's just say that it is very episodic. It's sort of like Tales from the Crypt, you know, Twilight Zone kind of thing. Each episode is different. We, of course, recommend you watching it from first to last, but like you you won't be missing too much if you were to jump episodes every now and then in, in that sense. Don't do it, but... Everything, everything is kind of contained within its own episode. Yeah. Now, if you want to just huddle into a corner with, like, your blanket over your head, your hands on your head, and being like, what the fuck did I just watch? Maybe also, like, maybe buy a baseball bat. Oh, wait, no. Wait, and rollerblades. Don't, don't buy a baseball bat. Oh, no. No, no, you do buy a baseball no, but, bat. But, but, but do you have the baseball bat? Do you have a chalk? But, you know? Wait, hold on. Why am I holding a baseball bat? Wait, what are you doing here? Wait, Will? Will? Who? Will? So that's the premise of Paranoia Agent. So basically. Paranoia Agent is directed by Satoshi Khan. It's available on Funimation. In a way, it's probably one of the more tamer of his works, but it's also still like a fucking mindfuck. Yeah. It's about a guy, or we don't even know really. I mean, they do reveal it later, but that's spoilers. Who is on rollerblades and has a crooked bat. And it is like an urban legend that people who get hit by it their lives change. 
but not necessarily in the way that you're thinking of. And paranoia agent is just... Yeah, because all the changes happen in your head. Or do they? Just, I'm paranoid, dude. Yeah, every episode, it literally dives down into the psyche of the episode's main character. Not to say that they're, like, episodic. They're all, like, tied together by one main theme, which is the bat boy, right? The roller skating boy. Yeah. Do you, do you remember the, the the Isekai episode? No. It's the one where they go LARPing. Maybe? I don't remember. Yeah, that one I actually didn't enjoy as much. But the other the, ones The were, teacher like, one was the one I remember. Dude, that one was fucked. That was so good. I will never look at pink, like, little fluffy toys the yeah. same way. Yeah. Like, I will... N- never like, judge a book by its cover I- is literally the anime of... That's literally Paranoid Agent. So Will and I also like Red Line a lot, even though it contributed to the demise of the golden age of Madhouse Studios. It is without a doubt just a really awesome movie. Hey, man, like just buy the Blu-ray. You can rent it off of Amazon. Amazon Prime, yeah. You just go ahead and watch that shit. Uh, Chihaya Fudu, I like a lot. It's available, all three seasons are available on Crunchyroll High Dive and all these different places. We've talked about it in our sports episode. You should really watch it. I mean, uh, anything else, Will, that you want to talk about? I mean, I could talk about Tatami Galaxy again, but, like, I think everyone already knows how much I fucking love it. It's it's my favorite anime of all time. You'll get another opportunity later on. Yeah, but I I think there's one. That's uh, maybe we should talk about. I haven't watched it, and you have, but I think I ought to watch it with you again. Yeah. High School of the Dead. Yo, so High School of the Dead is available. If, if we're talking about balls-to-the-wall madhouse properties. High School of the Dead is available on High Dive and on Netflix, but not on Hong Kong Netflix, so we're no. going to have to use a VPN. The only one you do get in Hong Kong is High School DXD. Do not get that mixed up like I did. But High School DXD is not that bad either, but that's that's a different Different level of enjoyment. Different level of enjoyment, different story in a different episode. High School of the Dead, though. God damn it. There were moments of watch... High School of the Dead is about... I just say in one sentence. A zombie attack occurs at a high school. And they have to survive. Physics, bro. Physics. Joe, it's just so good. Is it, like, great? Yes. Is it, like, cross-ange great? Yes. Is it stupid? Yes. I don't care. It is good. You should watch High School of the Dead. It is unfortunate that the manga did pass away, so then they chose to discontinue the series. It's based on a manga, so you can read the manga beyond uh, until a certain point, which, of course, then the passing of the mangaka. But that anime, that first only season is just... I'm just thinking about the scenes in my head. Any endorsement for Chubbits? That's you, man. Chubbits I really liked a lot. I read the manga and also watched the anime when I was younger. Um, it's kind of hard to really remember every aspect of the show, but let's just say, like, can androids become sentient? Can can robots find love? That's basically it. It's a good show. It is a little bit dated now. With a cute girl. Yeah, with a cute girl. Uh, with, with with certain questionable themes, but like let's not go there. Let's, let's not just, go there. Just hey, enjoy it for what it is. An- the anime is like crazy. Okay, it has its own share of problems. Yeah, 
Actually, one thing I didn't realize, you ever play, you, you, you know Beyblades, right? Yeah. I didn't know that Beyblade was produced by Mahaz. All of it, yeah. It was fucking crazy. You didn't know? I thought you were like yeah. looking at it and you I, knew. I, I knew, but it was like, nah, I'm talking about now. We put it, it in the docket. I'm talking about now, okay, where it's like, okay. for the longest time, I was like, I, I fucking, I had Beyblades. I used to buy those knockoff Beyblade weights in China, which had little like graphite um, starters. So you could you're, actually, you're crazy. You could start fires with. It wasn't as crazy as the ones who modded their Beyblades with razor blades. Okay, statute of limitations is like over, right? Like, yeah. like we're we're safe. You're safe, right? Yeah. Okay, just that's crazy. It's I, I think like it was cool while it lasted, but I think, actually no, it's, it's actually making a comeback now. Kids in the high school that because it's like what are you gonna do, right? Like you can't go out and play and like twirl large- a top at each other. No, no, they actually have those little like plastic oh, um, no. Beyblade arenas, and they actually just Beyblade it out. Okay. Uh, okay. Again, like if you haven't watched Hunter Hunter or you haven't watched Death Note, fucking watch those, man. Those are fucking great. Or girl, or Nana. Girl. And watch Nana. I highly recommend Nana. You can find Beck. Watch Beck. Yeah. Good luck trying to find that. So, Long's. In conclusion, Madhouse is an extremely important studio in the history of anime. It is still relevant, hopefully, and will be more relevant, hopefully. But the stuff that they have made will be forever remembered as one of the best studios to ever come out with certain works. Yeah, despite its troubles, when we talk about when anyone talks about like top five or top ten anime studios, you can be pretty sure that Madhouse will always be in the discussion. And here's the thing: Madhouse Studios has made so much stuff. That Will and I could not even consume all of it. Or if you were to ask someone else who likes Madhouse Studios, what is your favorite property? They might say stuff that we will never, uh, we never have watched. Bro, I'm pretty sure if you're into anime, you've watched, like you said, right? If you're into anime, you would have watched one thing that was done by Madhouse at the very least, right? One Punch Man, Death Parade, Death, uh, Death Notes, right? Hunter Hunter, Beyblade if you were younger, fucking, like, you're, there's almost nothing out there um, that hasn't been like untouched by a single anime fan. You will have come across something, and, and it will be like that for the longest time because that's the impact that Madhouse had on the industry. Yeah, on the fans, it, their catalog is just insane. That's good. It's and a it's, shame, but it's it's gone through the troubles it did. But sometimes you just have to fall down and get yourself back up to really know like what you're made of, right? Yeah. So, 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 like you said, it, it, this isn't going to be like that phoenix moment where it rises from the ashes. This is more just look. I'm I'm starting to learn how to walk again, and hopefully, you know, along the way, rehab. Like, yeah, hopefully, along the way, like I can actually, you know, make some make some stuff that can continue the fan base and continue to grow the fan base. All right, so. Well, if nothing, uh, I think that's the end of this episode, right? Yeah, I mean, like, we, I can keep talking about all the good shows that Madhouse has, but, like... I mean, we, it, we it's, have it's a lot... It's easy access. We it's- have a lot of shows that we haven't even mentioned yet, but this that will just be, like, a five-hour podcast, really, at this point. I mean, like, we could spend an hour just talking about Death Parade, an hour talking about One Punch Man, an hour talking about Atomic Galaxy, an hour talking about Death Note. I haven't even talked about Karketo Sakura. We haven't, I, we haven't even finished a regular Magic High School Right there's there's a even like just just so much we even, we 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 have watched Hajime no Ippo. Yeah, exactly. Probably one of the most famous and important uh sports anime that involve that uh, boxing. 
So, I uh, just, I'm a little bit sad, but also hopeful that it will, imp- uh, Madhouse would, you know, rise. Pay your respects. Go watch some Madhouse shit now. It's available everywhere. So you, you got Netflix. You got Amazon Prime. You got Crunchyroll or Funimation. Fuck, you might even have High Dive. I have High Dive. Yeah, okay. so go ahead. Like, just put something on. If you haven't watched Death Note, what are you doing? Uh, to be fair, I haven't watched Death Me Note either. <laughs> I just read the manga. Why did you just say I read I wa- the manga? I, I watched Why did you call this out like that? I watched the live action, actually. That was the first interaction I had with Death Note. Jesus. Hey, hey, the first movie was okay. The manga is obviously like, much better. So that's the end of our episode, uh, episode 11 of the Good Anime Palette podcast. You could always reach us through our email at G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com, all one word, all lowercase. You could reach us through Twitter at Palette Good, capital P, capital G, or through our Facebook page, www.com slash Palette Good, capital P, capital G, all one word. You can also visit our website, www.goodanimepalette.com. I've been putting some work into that, so let's see uh, if it pays off. You can also join us on Discord. The Discord invite is in the show description. Or join our Mal Club uh, on uh, uh, my anime list. You can join in the show description as well. The Mal Club only is just me and Will for the time being, so please, somebody out there, we would love to hear from you guys. And on Discord, too, we have a number of people, uh, so... Feel free to join and uh, let's talk anime and manga. Our music credits is Green Lights by Jazar as our intro. Our break music is Min 2019 by Minibu. Our outro music is What You Thinking, the instrumental version by Wataboy. You can find uh, our intro music at thefreemusicarchive.org. And our break and outro music can be found at pixabay.com. Will. I hope that with this slight revival of Madhouse that we're going to finally see Season 2 of No Game, No Life. Okay, so Devil's a Part-Timer Season 2 is happening. Komi-san, Can't Communicate, is happening. Shaman King had a remake. That's happening. I mean, they did a, a fucking sequel of... They did, yeah, Yashihime. Like, they did that one. Like that, there's, You have like old revivals. Why can't we have No Game, No Life? There's enough material from the light novel, so I can see why he wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to produce anything. Maybe it's just maybe he's the one to. Yeah, maybe. Which I, I guess we'll, we'll have to get our hands on No Game No Life Zero and watch that first because you know prequel's good enough at this stage. Yeah. So that's that's it for the episode. Will anything you want to leave our uh, listeners with? Tatami Galaxy is the greatest anime. Okay. Ever okay, guys. Okay. Okay. Take Will off the mic. Boys, round him up. Put him in the cage. No, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me say my piece. All right. Tatami Galaxy is the greatest anime ever produced of all time. Uh, Drop mic. Certified by Will. Peace. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you also would have something to say about that too, which we will talk about that later. So, um, thanks very much for checking in today's episode. Uh, look, we've talked about some stellar properties from Madhouse. Whether you watch it or not, rewatch it. Rewatch One Punch Man again. Oh, rewatch Will. Death Notes. Will. I just remembered. The next episode is going to be a very special episode, isn't it? Yep. Very, 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 very special episode. So let's, uh, we have to plan for that, huh? Yeah. Are we talking about the AD or are we talking about the. No. Uh, episode 12. Yes. It's going to be a big one. So make sure you tune in, okay? Yeah. So time to, 
it's time to celebrate. Yes. And it's also time for you to go watch some more anime. So, thanks very much for checking in. Uh, this is Will. This is Jason. And we'll catch you very, very soon. Later.